Welcome back to Bit Different, everybody. This is Satine. And this is Rob. How's it going? Hey, Rob. Long time no see. Seriously. It's been like hours. It's been hours. Hours. Ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) How have you been? What are you up to? I'm good. Um, You know what? I haven't been up to too much, but I did go to a coffee shop the other day, and the owner uh, told me he wanted to hook me up with a friend of his who I saw who was sitting at a table across from me and happened to leave, and I was like, that guy is damn fucking fine. Yeah? And then I told the owner of the shop, it's dialogue right here down the street. On okay, Sunset. I was about to ask which one it was. If dialogue, you tell me. yeah. He, he's this really cute Italian older guy, always hitting on me. It's very cute. But um, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'll hook you up with my friend. He's my friend. I was like, let's do it. He's like, he's big in the music industry. I was like, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. He's an asshole. Let's do it. <laughs> That's totally your type, isn't it? <laughs> that seems to be what I attract. <laughs> so, yeah. And then... um. Also, to fill my time, I got to work with your people. Yeah, yeah, you were, <laughs> you were coming into the office to help some peeps out. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, good. So, we were glad to have you on board. Thank you. I'm glad to be there. Thank you for showing me your office. It's very nice. <laughs> Thank you. I like your decor. It's a little messy right now, but uh, so is my brain. So like my, my, my office is kind of a reflection of me. And he has a card on display that I gave him. And it's, it's a, a picture of a Super Nintendo. And it says, you're super. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it lives on my uh, my box for Mr. Sparkle. I love it. <laughs> How I, about you? Uh, it's I, I was trying to think if I've done anything really like in my uh, personal life. Um, Todd and I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 last oh, night. tell me. Have you seen it? No. Okay, because okay, you didn't love the first one. You saw it once, right? I, I liked the first one. I thought it was driven by its soundtrack okay. mostly. I liked it. I liked Star-Lord's character. Some of the characters I liked and some of them I just could not stand. Well, like this one, um, Todd did not feel this way, but I did. I actually liked it more than the first one. Okay, that's not the consensus. Yeah, no. I mean, a lot of people didn't like this one as much. Um, I know I've heard some people complain that like they really showed that some of the characters are anti-heroes, and that a lot of the characters are kind of hard to like because they don't really make good choices. Yeah, but. I could watch an entire series of movies that's just about Rocket being kind of a dick because yeah. I think Rocket is adorable and I like I think he's funny, but um, I hate Bradley Cooper. See, and we've been through. This. I don't. I don't hate. Hates him. a strong word. I dislike <laughs> him. See, and I actually really enjoy him. And uh, also, though, it's weird. I distance him a lot from Rocket. Um, and so I like the character of Rocket a lot. I also think Rocket's adorable because I like Raccoon. He is adorable. And um, and then uh, how's Baby Groot? Baby Groot actually is the biggest surprise. I thought B- Baby Groot would wear on me or just grow tiresome. And if anything, it made me realize how much adult Groot I didn't care about because adult Groot is this. Really? Big hulking, I am Groot kind of thing. I liked Groot because it was kind of like the mother character. Well, and to me, to me, Groot was just, he took up a lot of space and didn't really accomplish a whole lot, even though, I mean, by the time the movie's done, clearly he I has mean, a very big impact the on whole them. Team. But like, overall though, I just didn't feel that Groot was that compelling of a character. And baby Groot, if anything, is a, is really, really cute. And that did not wear out its welcome, which surprised me. And, uh... I, re- I really thought that he actually was much more um, compelling to watch just because mm. he is a baby. And so 
even kind of has the mindset and like just isn't as smart as everyone else. And so yeah. he's highly unpredictable. And there's something really fun about that. And um and yeah, and also just he's he's very cute. He's he's much more dynamic yeah. than he was in the first one. Well, because he can actually move around at a speedy a speedy pace. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I liked Baby Groot a lot. Um, and the one thing that I, I think made this movie a little stronger, but also kind of strange, not what I was expecting, is, and I'm trying not to go into any real spoiler territory, the main storyline uses Star-Lord kind of as almost like a prop in it, more so than a big character. Like for it being a story that uses Star-Lord as its center, Yeah, Chris Pratt does not feel like the main character in this movie. Who would you say is? I don't know if the movie had a main character. That's actually... It, it's that, like a team movie. And that actually would be a problem, except this is a movie with five very dominant personalities. Yeah. And I think it actually did a good job of managing them in a reasonable way. And every time it would cut back to Star-Lord's story, I was like, oh yeah, he's in this. Oh wait, it's yeah. like his movie. I think um, Star-Lord took a big part of the first one. Yes. That was like his movie. Yeah. So maybe well, they... And this movie, like the story is largely about him, but it's almost like he's a prop. Like huh. in the, it's a, he it's more about him than it is with him. Yeah, if that makes sense. I don't know. I I really liked it. Um, Are there any things you can say about the movie or like the villains without giving anything away? Uh, I I probably not best to talk about the villains. Okay. Although I really want to know. <laughs> although um, I have to say the the sort of expansion of what they did with the character of Nebula is real good. Nebula. Uh, played by Karen Gillum or Gillen with the. No, she has a shaved head. She's um, mostly blue with a little bit of like metal pieces. She was Lee Pace's right hand lady in uh, the first movie. She's kind of like henchman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she's Gamora's sister. Yeah. And, okay. Um, they did a really, I think, a good job. That's right. I remember her now. Expanding that character and giving her some more motivation. And to be honest, I think the biggest sort of like some of the biggest heart of the movie happens between Nebula and Gamora, Gamora. and their story. Okay. Their story is really, really uh, impactful. Yeah. Emotional. Like, yeah. It has a lot of it's it. It has some really interesting things, ways in which it kind of surprised me. Um, so well, yeah. that's good because I, you know, I told you my favorite character is Gamora from the first one so well, and i feel like it, it's weird i don't feel like she would have had as big of an arc if her sister wasn't there oh but uh it's I, I liked it a lot and i know that a lot it's not popular that a lot of people you know felt this one is better yeah but um just in, it was kind of nice that they didn't have to establish a whole lot of things they could just kind of go with it yeah and um do you think i think this oh, one was funnier also oh do you to be honest do you think um by Christmas, there'll be Tickle Me Baby Groots in oh the my stores. Oh, that'd be adorable. <laughs> Dress me up, Baby Groot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, I mean, also, although one thing I, I feel character-wise, I preferred Drax in the first one. I like that oh. I like that Drax was super literal. Yeah. Originally, and in this one, he's a little too much trying going for comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and there's like five post-credit scenes. Oh, them. and I heard they're all good. Well, uh, I, well it's weird. I, You're all... Oh, oh. Yeah, well, uh, the first one... I, I think it was the first one or maybe the second one I really liked because it was sort of paying off stuff from the movie. Okay. So I was in on the joke and I got it. Yeah. But then like not going into any specifics, uh, it kind of pulled your standard Marvel Cinematic Universe post-credit scene and then it brings in a whole new batch of characters and then it's like, oh, now we're going to talk about this other thing and that thing's name is blah and like everyone who's big into the comics is like oh my god they talked about that thing uh-huh. and meanwhile like Todd and I look at each other and we're just like, like who the fuck is do this we, is this gonna matter <laughs> like do we know who that is 
And so like, I just, it's, I feel after like the third uh, post-credit sequence when, you know, one, the first time they called out something, yeah. I looked at Todd and I was like, why do we sit through these? They never do anything for us. Right. I'm like, where's Howard the Duck? What, what was that on? <laughs> and so... It, this is like the second time where we just kind of looked at each other like, we don't really need to stay for the after credit sequences because they just don't make sense to us at all. Like, they don't really give us anything. Mm. Um, I mean, like, it's cool to be there and witness some people freak out, but, like, we yeah. don't have the background knowledge for it to really pay off. The big and most important question is, which soundtrack is better, the first or the second? I think probably the first one. Mm. I was kind of surprised that this soundtrack didn't wow me a little bit more because I figured they would have put a huge amount of time into it to making sure it like really sold the movie. Yeah. And there's some good tracks in there, but um, I want to say it only has like eight or nine songs in it and one of them gets like repeated three times. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, but like it's it's fine. Um, it actually starts off with, since we were just talking about this before the podcast. ELO? It starts off with an ELO track. Shut up. Which one? <laughs> Mr. Blue Sky. <gasps> Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't so, remember how it goes. But it's, yeah, it's so cute. It's it's good. Um, And uh, yeah. Um, And then, of course, uh, I want to give this away. But like, and uh, but in setting up the next one, it sets up new music po- possibilities. For so, the third, volume three? Yeah. Huh. It'll be grunge punk rock, huh? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, And it, also, I was kind of surprised. The movie doesn't set up uh, Infinity War, like, at all. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even touch on it. Huh? I think everyone sort of figured that it would really be like yeah. giving a huge premise for like the next big it's like where's Adam Warlock? Where's thing. all this stuff happening? And so mm-hmm. um yeah, it doesn't Interesting. It doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting towards Infinity War. It definitely does feel like its own movie, which is kind of nice cuz I mean, I haven't seen um Civil War yet. It's like the one Marvel movie I haven't seen yet. And I like Civil War. And but everyone even says though it's a Captain America movie, but it's really like Avengers two and a half. Yeah. Like and it's really more setting up the big like, you know, kind of the overall Avengers arc. Yeah. More so Plus, than it is it sets up America. Yeah. And it sets up all these other characters that are going to have their own spinoffs too. Yeah. So. That's for Black Panther and Spider-Man. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming's yeah. happening. There's a lot happening in Marvel. They are very busy. And I have to say like even them at their worst is still pretty good. Yeah, except for Thor too. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking of as yeah. the worst. Which, like, I mean, even then, seriously, it's better than some movies I've seen recently. It's not that bad. Well, speaking of movies that didn't do so well, I want to see King Arthur still. I don't care how <laughs> badly it did in the box office. I'm obsessed with Arthurian legends. Oh, okay. yeah, and I've I you know The Mist of Avalon is one of my favorite books ever. Have you read it? No. Oh, I would lend it to you, but I lent it to somebody else and they kept it and it's been like two years. So I don't think I'm getting it back. My sister read it uh, when I think she was in high school and she loved it. It's so good. And um, because you get the story of Morgan Le Fay, which is Arthur's sister and you okay. follow her story throughout the whole because i remember i sold a bunch of copies of it when i worked at walden books through high school it's so good i never read it though you'll you'd love it if if you read it <laughs> if you read it well someday yeah. i will get through it and i will start reading other books yeah so but i just King arthur flopped but i'm still gonna go see eventually well and i, I love jude law I do too, even though he's an ass. Right? I hear he's kind of a monster. And even then, and he was, I remember those that one year, he was wildly overexposed and that he was in, within like four months, he was in Sky Captain, Alfie, Series of Unfortunate Events, I Heart Huckabees, and Sherlock? 
Was he in Sherlock that year I, too? It might have, that might have been another, maybe, I don't know. He was in five movies in like three months yeah, or something. That's too, that's Johnny Depp status. Well, and of course, like they all shot over a period of like two years. They just happened to all have the same release window. So it was just like, don't. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, everyone got sick of Jude Law real fast. And I Heart Huckabees was a fucking gem that people should have devoured. I never saw it. Oh my God. It's kind of a frustrating movie because it's deeply philosophical. And so it's kind of up its own ass. And then also uh, there's not, I don't think there's one scene in that movie that doesn't have at least some part where people just start yelling at each other. It's really? a very confrontational and argumentative movie, but I like it a lot. Sounds like a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> It's, it's a little more angry. Oh, okay. You can tell that all the actors were fighting with David O. Russell as they made it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do like that movie. Yeah. Where are you playing? I'm not. That, well, also. Oh, there's more. Oh, well, a little bit. Also today, Mother's Day. Oh, so yeah. Happy belated right. Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Today I got to see my mom, and we did a dinner, yeah. and I got to see my sister, who's also a mother. How's she enjoying um, retirement? Her time off. Yeah. Oh my God, she fucking loves it and my sister is uh going on a little trip right now uh for a couple of days so my mom is about to go into like full-on grandmother caretaker mode where she's just dealing with some kids for a while and braddock possibly uh, well yeah uh, <laughs> beginning of june she's gonna have braddock for a bit yeah. um but yeah so uh mother's day mother's day so it's a holiday i mean we all have one right <laughs> so anyway. whether it be mommy dearest or not <laughs> or a good mother yeah <laughs> um so what are what are you playing you lead oh you i honestly haven't been playing that much this week um i've mostly been watching my roommate play uncharted for multiplayer because it's the funniest shit you've ever seen in your life. Is he good? He's okay. He he started off amazing. Because yeah, you, like you know, you said his first go was pretty. He good. He started off amazing. I don't know if it was like what's it called, um, idiot savant. What's that mean? It's I mean like it's uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look up an actual definition of it because I don't want to like completely just you know, shit the bed on this one. Um, it's like first time beginners beginners luck. luck. Thank you. Yeah. Fuck my brain. Um, <laughs> it's late. I always make you record these way later um, but i'm not even tired this time so yeah and i guess idiot, <laughs> idiot savant is uh it's it's it this is a it's a poor fit for him because he's not okay. uh, but like <laughs> he's gonna come and smack exactly yeah. it's along this this, it's along the same sort of lines of like being disproportionately good at something but uh, like not due to beginner's luck yeah. it is a person who's considered to be mentally handicapped but displays brilliance oh, in a specific shit. area <laughs> Especially when involving memory. So often, like, you know, idiot savants, like, yeah, they may be otherwise stunted developmentally, but, like, they're extremely high-functioning in some way. That's amazing. So, um, anyway, yeah. So he's not that. No, so he's beginner's not luck. He's, he's actually you, good. He was a natural, it, it seemed. But, you know, it's just like Battlefront. Like, you do amazing, and then you do awful. And then you do amazing, <laughs> and then you do awful. So I, I feel his pain. But, um, yeah, but he's so animated when he plays. That's the funniest part. <laughs> I, well, I haven't seen nearly enough Instagram stories. He'll literally this. stand on the coffee table, <laughs> and he will squat down in what he calls his gargoyle pose <laughs> and start screaming at the television. What, when, you, when you stream, you actually sit on the coffee table, right? Yeah. I, I want to get um, love sacks, though. Ooh. I know. That sounds nice. It sounds real nice. Because, yeah, whenever I stream, like, if I have the camera enabled, you can just see this little bitty little Rob sitting on the couch, maybe with a dog. But, like, Too far I away. sit real far away. Yeah. 
So. Can you move the camera closer? Right now the camera's mounted on the TV. See, the reason I sit so close to the TV is... I don't like wearing my glasses, so if I sit on my couch, I can't see. It, oh. It's a blur. Well, and glasses are kind of just part of my look. Wow. So whenever I wear contacts, I look like a weirdo. Really? I don't. I don't like how I look in contacts. Oh. People are used to seeing my face bisected Framed. with chunky plastic, yeah. and so whenever I don't wear my glasses, people are like, "Oh my god, you oh, have a giant different? forehead!" <laughs> like they suddenly notice that. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, they notice that I'm balding, and like it just I look different. Well, here, like you can see, I just I look different than I do. It just with my doesn't section on. off your face the same, right? Because my face is very clearly partitioned yeah. because of big chunky black rim glasses. It's like when you see the Ninja Turtles without their bandanas for the first time, you're like. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's just one big green thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I uh, glasses are kind of part of my my look. Which, yeah. if I ever get LASIK, you're still gonna wear like I'll the, probably wear glasses with yeah. no lenses that do anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I want I want to do LASIK really badly, but I'm afraid that people are gonna look at me and be like, "What happened to your face?" No, I mean, yeah, there are um fashion glasses. Yeah. Well, the whole idea, though, of is getting LASIK so I don't have to wear glasses anymore. So I wear sunglasses all the time. That's what I'll wear. I'll look like Ray Charles. I'll look like I'm, I'll look like I'm blind now instead of uh, instead of bookish. I will You'll just look so blind. <laughs> You'll just um, play that song, I wear my sunglasses at night. Exactly. 24-7. <laughs> what are yeah. you playing? Uh, well, I finished my first playthrough of Near Automata. Yes. I have accomplished ending A. Nice. What do um, you think? It's, it's really strange. Um, I feel I should have a stronger opinion about that game, mm. given that I have put 16 hours into it and I finished it. Yeah. Like, I should have more of an opinion. You think it happened too fast? Like, you couldn't... I didn't even know the ending was coming. Really? Like, well... After I... you defeated that final boss? No, I assumed... That was a hard battle. I didn't die at all for the last couple of bosses. And I don't know if it's that I overleveled myself or what... But I just, I feel like I died way earlier in the game, like from lower level enemies. And then when I started doing boss battles, I just sort of was flying through them. Huh. And um, and like, yeah, the story was escalating, but I figured it was like, I was at the end of like act two and it was about to like really pick up for act three. Yeah. And it didn't. It and didn't. I was just like, oh, okay. And so the story to me didn't make a huge amount of sense necessarily. Um, And... Hence, it's very Japanese. Yeah, I mean, the game, it feels very, very, very Japanese in that its story didn't make a huge amount of sense to me. Um, the action was great. I really had a good time with it. And for a, as soon as I finished it, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do another playthrough. Oh. But then I started the second playthrough and just... It's good. Just the way that the second one starts yeah. is... It's a shooter. It, well, it's it's, a, it starts off super compelling just with you um, kind of controlling to like a robot at yeah. the very beginning. Uh -huh. It's such a, uh, a disarming way to start. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. And you're trying to get the bucket of oil. Yeah. So dope. I, I really liked that a lot. Trying to save your friend. And then, um, <laughs> and then it, yeah. And then you play as another character that we already had met. Yeah. And seeing how his story ties into the main story. And I'm actually really excited to play through. Uh, the second playthrough right now just because it starts off in a way that just grabs you and it is reliant on I yeah I hear it that the each individual um, storyline is 
quite different. So it's very rewarding to play each one because you'll get a whole different experience. Well, a a friend of mine commented on my Facebook post about getting through it and not really knowing how to feel about the game. Mm -hmm. And um, he he said that you need to play through it three times. Ah. He said that um, ending one is what it is. Ending two is like uh, playthrough two is sort of similar to your playthrough one. Yeah. And then player uh, playthrough three is where it gets crazy and we're like where the real meat of the game is and where the real ending lies i heard there's like there's 26 endings what there's five primary endings like five like you finish the game you get the ending and then they have other endings 26 and then like the other 21 endings are like if you uh choose to not continue with a mission or if you pull out your operating system chip that's actually considered an ending and so like you oh yeah i've seen that and so there there are 26 endings some of self-destruct a lot of them are fail endings gotcha um but there are 26 ways to end the game and um, but five of them are like your primary. So in, real in five of them, you play a different character. I think you actually. I, w- I want to say. Or do um, you go back to I think, one you go, of... I think you go back to 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 me. Okay. I believe. Yeah. I'm not not well, sure. Good to know. But um, yeah, I'm really I'm I I was hesitant to go into more additional playthroughs, and now I'm pretty confident I'm going to. Um, I might take a break before I go back, but um, I definitely do feel like, especially if it only took me 16 hours for the first one, and I did a bunch of side quests. I'm hmm. thinking if I just sort of critical path the rest of them yeah i'll have a good time and if it gets too hard i'll flip the easy mode i just want to experience what do you think about that oh sorry no it's fine what do you think about that weird bouncy ball that became like a car later on oh god like, that thing was kind of creepy well he's a character from the previous near oh see i didn't know that yes there's in the original near which seriously if you haven't played it uh spoiler alert but also that game is old yeah the game is uh seven years old at this point and um if you haven't played it by now, you're probably lose. not going to yeah um there's a character in there named um emil he's a little boy and he has a blindfold over his eyes because if he looks at anyone they'll turn to stone because he's fucking creepy yeah and he's actually found in like the Resident Evil influenced area of the game where it becomes fixed camera angles in a haunted mansion. Oh shit. Yeah, because that game covers all the genres. Yeah. Like even more than this Automata does. Mm-hmm. And um at one point he I forgot why, but like something happens to him and his character evolves and he gets that big round, smiley, evil moon head Ugh. as his new head. It's super creep. And um and he's really upset about how mm-hmm. ugly he is and, and like he is very powerful though once that happens to him. And so uh, it was interesting to see Emil show up again uh, as just the moon head that then becomes a roving shop. Yeah. Real strange. Real strange. Yeah. That game, it, there's a lot of what? shit that does not make sense <laughs> in that game. A lot and, of what's going on. And I'm okay with it, but uh, kind of weird. Kind of weird, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. So you're not playing anything else right now? No. Okay. Any, no more progress in Prey? <sighs> No, I haven't picked. I I did try it again, and I still can't get past. I I think I need to just restart it on an just easier easy level. Mode. Yeah, because I somehow pigeonholed myself into an area that I cannot pass because I don't have enough ammo. I don't have anything oh. to defend myself with, and you can't sneak past these things because they're too fast. Yeah, those so. mechanics are crazy. Yeah, lots of bumps. But it is getting rave reviews. Yeah, well, and it's. Um, you know, on a just a personal level, I'm a little annoyed that like you can't really read a review on a Bethesda released game. At this point, do you hear about that? Like they're not sending out review copies to people until like the day it comes out. 
And so no one can write a review that comes out the same day. Gotcha. So like most reviews lag quite a while. And but the crazy thing is, though, that Bethesda, they're doing this, you know, for the sake of not having like a bad review kill their day one sales. Yeah. But like right now they're releasing games that are good enough that they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Like everything's good. Like if Doom had reviews when it came out, people would have probably bought more of it or more people would have bought a copy because with that vote of confidence that they could have had, they would have just scooped it up. Um, Instead, everyone's like, well, you know, the previous Doom game wasn't what I wanted it to be, so I'm mm-hmm. going to wait. And then, of course, it sold probably later down the line after it started getting rave reviews. Yeah. But, um, like, what? Like, Fallout 4, uh, Doom, Dishonored yeah. 2, Prey. I mean, they're hitting the jackbox. Yes. Yeah, the jackbox. The, the jackpot. Jack <laughs> I do love jackbox. I do love jackbox. But, like, yeah, they're, they're honestly, ma- they're doing really, they're turning out good games. Um, And so, uh, you know, I guess with few exceptions, I can't really think of a game that they've done that was, like, bad recently um and uh and yeah just the fact they're not giving out early review copies it looks like they're not confident in their product but but it's probably not the case it's no it's just it's just their stance on yeah early review copies um yeah it, like i do really want to play prey but right now i keep thinking about going back to near yeah i'm gonna get back to prey i'm gonna do a little more uncharted though i've been inspired get back into the multiplayer yeah and they've added some new things they, they keep adding new stuff to it. So new costumes, which that's like my favorite thing. <laughs> well, and they've, they've released some DLC for Nier Automata. I don't know if it's new. I think it might be a mission, but I think it's a lot of just costumes and, and stuff. Then- Oh, huh. Well, yeah. I think we just had the regular costume the whole time we played it. Yeah. And a pink bow. Was well, I had? Um, can you wear the pink bow? Yeah. Oh, because I, I received that in the game. But I never, I never it's wore right it. On your head, it looks real stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did use like the DLC code that came with mine to uh, unlock the pod, the little floaty thing that shoots to look like an old PlayStation One. Oh, sweet! So I have my classic console pod That's floating cool. around. So that was, you know, that was fun. Yeah. I have a word of the week. Ooh, and what is that? It's a noun, and it's um. I have to prepare myself before I say it because I'm always fucking it up. Sophistry. Sophistry? Sophistry. Can I see how it's spelled? Or it could be sophistry. It might be sophistry. I think it's sophistry. <laughs> right there. Right there. Oh. Sophistry. Sophistry. Well, now you're seeing the definition. Yeah, I, I absolutely looked at the definition. <laughs> That's, I had no idea what that meant. So just go ahead. Well, you might as well read the definition. uh, The definition is a false argument. Yeah. So sophistry is like a like a sort of like a fallacy, I guess. Yeah. So it's great when um, somebody's playing a video game, like my roommate, and blaming the other players that it's their fault and i say sophistry that's sophistry it's like no <laughs> good to know so okay have we actually found a word that you can use in day-to-day life I now think so unlike a lot of the crazy fucking words that we've uh, yeah last week's kind of was up. like what the hell was that but yeah sophistries that's a good one i like yeah. that yeah 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 very nice very nice nice well um i have some small updates on the vinyl frontier Oh, yes. Um, in this last week, my soundtrack of Bound has arrived, which is Ooh. a, uh, I played it on the PlayStation. I think it might be PlayStation exclusive, where it's a game where you play as like a ballet dancer. I played it. Yeah, fighting enemies with dance. It's really cool looking. It is beautiful. And I love that it has a woman director or creator. Well, and uh, that game in VR is real cool. Oh, I bet. I mean, it's it's kind of like, 
it's weird because it, it's not like VR like the way you typically would play it. It's more like you are the camera in the sky kind of thing. But like there's so much shit flying around that it, just being in that world is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a very pretty game. I recommend if you haven't at least if you're not going to play it, at least look at the trailer for it or some playthrough because and I think there's a free demo still. I think there is. And the animation um, on the dancer is just incredible. Yeah, it's very fluid. I, I'm assuming they must have done motion capture on that because she moves really well. Yeah. Um, and then also I ordered the soundtrack to Snatcher, the Konami classic. Snatcher, not to be confused game. with Snatched. Nope. Yeah, not to be confused with the movie starring Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer. <laughs> but Snatcher, the what early 90s adventure game from Hideo Kojima uh, for Sega CD. I bought mm. the soundtrack to it because I have a problem. Did you play the game? No. Oh. I listened to the soundtrack online, though, and I was like, ooh, gimme. How'd you know it was any good? I listened to the soundtrack online on the YouTubes. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, grabbed it. And, uh, yeah, so that is uh, a thing. Yeah. Music soundtracks are becoming a thing. They are. Video games. Yes, you just sent me an article. <laughs> which, um, what was that article on? It was it was on like a the L.A. Times. Yeah. Articles. If you are interested at all and curious about video game soundtracks uh, on vinyl, there is a article called "The Latest and Greatest Trend in Vintage Vinyl: Video Game Music," and um, it is true. That yeah. is a big trend, and I can tell you because I've been one of the people making that a trend for the last couple of years. Yeah, they talked to um, the owners of I Am 8-Bit and Mondo. Yep, which the I Am 8-Bit people are friends of mine. I do not know the people at Mondo. Oh. And also they talk about Ship to Shore. Oh, Ship to Shore, yeah. That's They did Snatcher. And um, Data Discs, who has a deal with Sega. Like, there's a lot of of companies that are doing it now. Yeah, it's funny because they were saying... um, is it just because the gamers of the generation are getting older and so they want that nostalgia? Or is it because the game can live outside its, you know, its actual game and become separate pieces and you can enjoy the artwork, you can enjoy the music, you can enjoy, you know, the the different aspects of the game? Well, and for me, it's a couple things. Like, definitely, I grew up with records. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably one of the, you know, I'm not super old. I'm probably one of the younger people to have grown up, like, at the end of records life. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I bought records through the late 90s and early 2000s. And like they were hard oh, to so find. Oh, so you never gave it up. No. And like I only have a handful of records from that time. But like if you have, you know, original copies of Radiohead records, like they're, you know, first pressings are kind of hard to find on a lot of the late 90s, early 2000s because pressings were super low. Mm-hmm. Um, even like records that a lot of people don't care about are worth a lot of money. Like uh, U2 Pop. That album, no one likes that album except for me apparently. And um, the vinyl copies of it are fairly valuable at this point just because there weren't a bunch of them. Yeah. And um, in and- my um, uh, kitchen, I have a framed copy of Earth Girls Are Easy on vinyl. Nice. Yeah. That's, so, how, that's how I roll. <laughs> and like, so like for me, it definitely taps into part of my youth. Um, I like being a captive audience to records because I could hit play on my computer and walk away and music will just play forever. Or I have to be attentive and after 18 to 20 minutes, I have to go and flip a record over. There's something kind of nice about being present when you're listening to music and actually paying attention. Yeah. And then also, I love the big artwork. Um, I love artwork in the video games. Oh, well, are you, you're talking about the records. Record artwork. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of them dig up really great video game stuff, like artwork for it. And then um, one of the more 
the cool things is, especially with games now, a lot of games being digital only, you don't have a game for your shelf or you don't have, you know, some sort of sense of ownership of it. It's mm-hmm. just a digital game. But like having a, a vinyl copy of it, at least you do have a way in which music lives outside the game. Yeah. And then also you actually have like a big thing you can hold on to and look at. And yeah. it's, you have more of a. It's kind of like the glory of the game. <laughs> yeah. You, you have this a trophy, uh, like a tactile trophy of it. Yeah. And so there's something kind of really satisfying and it's a nice way to easily revisit without playing through the game again so no i get i get the reason why people collect records and i love looking through um the artwork on how they design the costumes in video games so like Mm. video game um the croquis the costume design because i went to school for um fashion design Mm. so it's that i find that interesting and that for me lives outside the game yeah so well i found myself recently buying art books of video games a handful of them Mm -hmm. like the the dark souls design works series are so good um but also those characters have really crazy designs yeah they're nuts and so i'm talking more like I'm talking more like Bayonetta. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> that I mean, style. Like, I don't want the creepy Grimland creatures <laughs> to give me nightmares. Well, and like, I also, I, I won um, the art book for the art of Dishonored 2. And like, those are oh, characters see. that look unlike any other game. They just have these super angular kind of oil painting faces. Yeah, I'm totally into that. It's so cool looking. And, uh, and yeah, so I love art books like that, where it, especially when it goes into other, like Mirror's Edge, I love the aesthetic of that game, just in that it's all like white and light blue with a shock of red. Yeah. Like, I love the design of that game. There was this game that came out, and I cannot remember what it's called now, but you play as a woman superhero, and she's kind of like Kill Bill status, and it's third person. Wet. Wet. Starring Eliza Dushku. Yeah. And her character was named Ruby something. The game was so hard to control, but it was I I I wanted it to be amazing because well, it was it leaned into Grindhouse pretty hard with its style. I want to say it even had like a film grain effect on stuff like they yeah yeah, they, yeah it did yeah yeah I, that see I love that aesthetic too that was a that was a cool looking game that game had an abundance of style I just wish it was a little bit easier to control yeah it was not the best game no but it was a really cool idea and I'm glad it got made. Yeah, I, I love Eliza Dushku. I love her so much. Well, that'd be a great game to reconnect with and make an actual great version of it. Yeah. Because it had so if, much going for it. I don't know if it's sold enough to warrant it. It's just too bad. Yeah. That's that's the biggest problem we have right now, Like, given that games are have such huge budgets and stuff that you know, if a game is not crazy big blockbuster, there's a good chance you're not going to get another one. Yeah. One can hope. Yeah. Oh, my God. It'd be, it'd be, <laughs> well, hell, we got a sequel to Nier. Okay. Like, right. anything is possible. Anything's possible. And Nier Automata is uh, more or less a critical darling. It got really good reviews. And people are sort of still uncovering great things about it. Just because it is a game that kind of keeps on giving. Uh, speaking of costume design, I love the Nier Automata costume designs. Yeah. yeah. Very cute. It's like two Bs is... A little impractical, but still pretty cool. Yeah, the shorts. <laughs> yeah, it was just it, the, no, just it's no, it's nine S. Oh, I'm the shorts. Oh Two yeah, yeah. Easy, yeah, like the dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like little panties uh, that you can see all the time. I mean, I would wear that if, if I could get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, what you got? Any good news? Yes. Well, um, let me go through launches first. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot launching this week. 
Um, first of all, something I'm interested in and you are not interested in. Yeah, I'm assuming in. you will be scooping this up immediately. Yeah, and my brother definitely. Injustice 2. Yep. Launches. I look forward well, to hearing about how Poison Ivy is to control. Yes. Actually, by the time this this podcast launches, these will already all be out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Injustice 2. Minecraft for the Switch. Which I will not play that probably, but that will be a huge yeah. thing. Not my cup of tea either, but for the people who love it, it's there for you. Yep. Um, The Surge. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, you know more about that kind of realm of game than I do. Well, I don't know a huge amount about it, but uh, the way it's been told to me is it is Dark Souls meets sci-fi. And because yeah, I, I looked at a trailer for it, it looks like you're in a sort of uh, mech bodysuit kind of thing, but you yeah. move real fast. Yeah, and um, reminds me of Ripley from Aliens, right? The 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 loader. Uh huh. And um, but it's it's very nimble, and uh, every fight seems to be very much kind of almost like one on one, where you have to sort of really learn their patterns. It looks like Dark Souls. I'm I'm kind of sold on it. Like it, I think it would have to be pretty bad for me to not play it at this point. Yeah, there I I was reading some reviews on it, and it seems to be that people like it. Well, it's it's so. from a publisher I'm not totally familiar with, and it's from a developer I've never heard of. Yeah, this is supposedly going to be their hit game, like their the, the when it puts them title. on the map. Yeah, so well, I'm excited about that. That sounds real neat. Yeah, so that's the surge, and it's PS4 and Xbox, and then um, Farpoint for the PSVR. I had no idea that game was coming out this week. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about it like it's going to be the killer app for PlayStation VR. Yeah, and um, also the aim controller for the uh, PSVR is coming out. And apparently they're doing a combination where you can buy them together. Okay. Where if you do it that way, it works out that far point is only 20 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Because, yeah, that is... uh... I think whenever they've done demos of it at like Comic-Con or PSX or E3 or whatever, they always have the aim controller. Yeah. They always have you play it in that. Hmm. It, um, I, it reminds me, though, honestly, of all those gimmicks that Nintendo used to come out the with. The Super Scope? Okay. Yeah. It the looks super like the Super Scope. Scope. Or it looks like the, the sharpshooter that, uh, that Sony made for the move. Right. Yeah, so I'm I'm a little bit weary about those devices, but well, it's another plastic caddy for your VR controllers. So uh, I don't love the idea of it, but the fact that they always use it, like 100% of the time at demo stations, well, and it, it makes it seem like it would make it easier to aim because you're actually aiming. A gun. Yeah, it's actually like they are locked in row with each other. Yeah. As opposed to you being able to like, whoa, kind of. Yeah, on a controller. Wildly waggle the back or whatever. (laughs) It makes much more sense. Yeah. So, I mean, if I played Farpoint, I definitely want the aim controller. So I would do the the combo pack. Well, I really need to fire up my PlayStation VR again. Like I, uh, a a friend, uh, a coworker actually recently played a little bit of static and we watched him. Oh yeah. Um, But uh, I haven't actually gotten back into it yet. And uh, it's a bunch of games I've gotten. Did he like it? He did. Who is it? John? Ben. Ben. Okay, cool. Yeah. And he, he did, I think two of the puzzle boxes and he liked it. Sweet. So I need to get back in there and do it. Every time you say puzzle box, I think Hellraiser, though. And I think like these <laughs> chains are just going to come and rip your flesh off if you get it wrong. Oh, man. A boy can dream. I know. That'd be a great game. <laughs> right? I don't know. Somebody better put those feelers out there. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm sure it's, yeah, I'm sure you could license that right now. Um, 
Other news. Do you have any news? Uh, I have well, I have one piece of news that I think the art the headline kind of says everything. Um, because I didn't read the rest of the I read the art, rest of the article, but I, I really don't remember any of it, and I don't really think it matters. Um, American Gods episode boasts the hottest and most pornographic gay sex scene ever on mainstream TV. Oh, I'm sold already. Approved. Have you seen it? No, I have not. Me I think neither. it just aired tonight. Um, and Ooh. I am excited to see it, and I believe it's a scene between two Muslim characters. <sighs> What's so, it like, on? What's uh, American? It's on Stars. So shit, what yeah, is that on I don't Hulu? <laughs> Stars is like HBO. It's its own network, and um, I believe the only way you like, I think uh, through the Stars app and through your Stars membership, you can watch it on Amazon. But you have to have a Stars membership in gotcha. order to do that. So I do not have that. So eventually, I will see that. But I hear also there was a gnarly sex scene in uh, episode two that I will not go into details on because it's a thing that happens in the book that everyone was very excited about. Uh, but um, it seems like the show is pretty saucy. I'm really curious about it. Um, yeah. yeah, that seems like a show I'd like. And I really want, oh my God, like the new my new catchphrase for this fucking podcast is, I really want to read the book. Yeah. And yeah, let's add to the pile. Uh, there's another book I really wanted to read before I saw the, the show. So yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> Just I'm so behind on all my readings. Well, you're kind of busy. Yeah. Busy yeah. and important. Uh, so, anywho. Yeah, American Gods. Sexy, sexy, gay time. Yep, I'm on board. I can get on board with that. Well, that sounds good. And there's something really cool about it in that I think uh, it's, you know, it's not a gay show. It's just a show that happens, to, like, the scene, the episode two scene is like a, I think it's a man-on-woman scene, and... Uh, hmm. Or woman on man, more appropriately, I guess, if the way you were to describe it. And then episode three is like man on man. It's a show that's kind of being true to its source material. And people of all walks of life are enjoying the show because that's just who life. was excited about it. That's just life. Yep. Yeah. Um, that reminds me, I want to see Sense8 season two because that just launched. I was surpri- I'm surprised you haven't watched that yet. Because I finished season four of Orphan Black. Ah! And I'm obsessed with Crystal. She's amazing, she's isn't she? She's fucking nuts. She's hilarious. She goes in there thinking she's going to kick ass, and <laughs> she's too much. Well, she's, and like, do you understand what I was saying about her? Like, the best part about her is that she she's so almost right that like it's kind of frustrating. And like, she's got everything right. She's just got the wrong parties involved. Exactly. Like she 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 kind of has figured it out, but also really not. Yeah. And there's something really fun and aloof about her because she she's trying so hard and she's. Not as dumb as she seems. No. But like she's in a crazy situation. And so it makes perfect sense that she shouldn't be able to figure this out on her own. Yeah. Um, Donnie and Allison are tearing it up. Oh my God. Fucking hilarious. The scene in the garage, right? So good. Yeah. Like, so if anybody hasn't seen Orphan Black, please do so. Seriously, like what season five starts in like, I think a month. And it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, all four seasons are. All four seasons. And Tatiana, who plays like every clone. (laughs) I don't know how she does it. She must have like an infinite brain. Like she must be evolved because how does somebody memorize that much? She basically has to memorize the whole script. Well, and a huge amount of her, of her work is doing crazy special effects work. Just because you know, whenever there's a scene with multiple clones, she has to yeah. remember her blocking and not interfere with herself when she reshoots it. They have right. a stand-in for her as well. Yeah, but at the same time, like 
there's a scene where they're all at one dinner table together and the camera's moving and like they're all interacting with each other. Yeah. It's amazing what they're pulling off on that show when it comes to character recreation. I'm just... I just want to see what her paycheck looks like. Like, how is it broken up? Like, what the fuck does oh, that thing look like? I so hope she's paying. She's paid very well for that. I hope she's paid for every character, just like she should have an Emmy for every character. Yeah, she but, is so good. Yeah, and um, I cannot wait for season five. And I and you know, how? Are, what are your thoughts on the caster clones at this point? They've kind of. I mean, yeah. I'm. They're. Yeah. I enjoy them. Well, they're they're very handsome. They are. Yeah. Um, I can see why you enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait for the final season. It's like, I'm excited yeah. that it's the final season. I like the fact that they know they're going to end and hopefully they will just give us an ending that is worthy of the rest of the show. I'm sure they will. I hope so. I actually, I like this season better than I like the previous season because uh, see like a lot of people hated season two i thought season three was not very good yeah i didn't care for season three but i love season four well, the season three the rendition camp everything there was kind of like eh, kind of boring but then season four went straight up sci-fi body horror yeah and it got and that's what i wanted amazing yeah so yeah lots I, of action and uh we won't go into details but there was one episode i want to say episode six or something <gasps> of season four that pretty much ripped my heart out we can talk about it after the podcast yeah i you'll have to tell me what part but because uh, i'm i'm starting to because i also watched the whole um season of westworld too oh or, did, West, you, did you yeah, finish westworld, westworld? yeah ah! which episode six I think it was or seven has this part in it that's this this montage. Well, it's basically her just one of the characters just walking through where all the um, pieces are made, like the people who play oh, yeah. in the West World, and it's set to music, and it's just very surreal. And she's just taking it all in, and like the look on her face just like tears me up. I think it's like one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen in television. Ugh. I really, I really like Westworld, and I'm, I'm very ready for season two. I'm really sad yeah. it's not till next year. The finale, though, I was a little bit like, well, I like the season more li- than I like the finale, but I'll, I'll definitely watch season two. So yeah, yeah, nice. So, did you know that GameStop sold a used video game filled with meth? I did not know Again. that. <laughs> I heard so many things about like them selling PSPs <laughs> with porn on them, whatever. So. A game with meth in it. Yeah. So um, I can tell you when I was working there, I never did that. I never did meth. And also I never sold a game with meth in it. I know. Whenever I processed a game. Yeah. Whenever I processed a game, I would actually like make sure, you know, what was in it. Right, because there could be a billion things. There could be like a um, a razor blade. You never know where you're going to get in well, that shit. And to be honest, I actually did have a couple of times when someone was using like a old Madden case for porn. Oh my! And so goodness. when you get all you get a stack of games, where like literally people just grab a stack of games, like oh, I'm selling these, and you open them up and you you flip them over to check the discs, and you see like you know busty bitches or whatever volume thirty seven, uh-huh. and you're just like. Uh, this one I believe is yours. Do you have to wipe each one down with like a sanitary wipe? Because uh, you should. Th- well, you should. Because sometimes yeah. they're really but, sticky. But uh, <laughs> officially, they do not. They should. Um, but yeah, I uh, and that was when you just kind of close the case, hand it back. I think this is yours. And then they open it. They're like, oh, sorry. And they get embarrassed. And you're like, whatever. It's fine. We're all adults here. Yeah, we're all adults. Um, unless but you're we a teenager you and then that's weird. And we know what you did last summer. Seriously, I, I know how that <laughs> disc works for you. Um, so... 
Uh, so tell me more about the meth. Well, for the second time, a used game purchased at GameStop contained a bag of meth discovered by a child. I'm really, like, if you are doing meth, mm-hmm. would you really let a game go that had meth in it? Wouldn't you want the meth? Well, in theory, maybe I mean, they just forgot. Maybe he was selling it for meth, which, you know, just the irony there is not lost on me that he sold it for meth with his meth in it. Yeah. I, I would think an addict would want to keep the meth where they knew where it was. So you would think they would know exactly where each little packet or yeah. everything was happening. But did, I guess not. This one slipped through their fingers. Did it say what game it was? Oh, it did. Um. Uh, by the way, I'm reading this, don't judge me, off the Fox News website, but... I read this article on Kotaku, so it's okay. It's okay. on multiple places. And like, I think not it's just the Fox. PC Gamer, though. Okay, good. So, and then it goes on to say, the first incident occurred in September last year when an 11-year-old purchased a used game from a Louisiana GameStop with a baggie of drugs discovered inside. <laughs> um, ridiculous. So, what game was it this time? Grand Theft Auto V. And it was found by a child? An 11-year-old. Well, also... Uh, Thank you. Earth to Mom, your child is 11 years old. Yeah, and that game is mature, 17 plus. Yeah, and which seriously, I'm not telling you I'd be a parent here. But but, get it together. uh, Seriously, (sighs) my mom would have thought twice before getting 11-year-old Rob GTA 5. Right. My grandma wouldn't even let my brother and I watch Ninja Turtles because it had the word teenage in it. Really? That's not for you then. No. Are you a teenager? No. Well, it says teenager in the title, so this is for teenagers and it's not for you. Wow. Well, I guess the problem is a lot of people don't understand the rating system, but like also they just don't care. I mean, I guess when I was, when I was like, what? Uh, 11 or 12 whatever my, my mom or my grandmother bought me Mortal Kombat 2 but they also knew it was like super cartoony we didn't have realistic violence like GTA until right. like what, GTA 3 which I was already in college so I was 18 it didn't matter um, yeah what was the first game that really depicted that type of violence in a video game uh, I mean the top of your head GTA was the first like sandbox murder simulator and little quotey fingers that yeah. I can think of um, I mean, Night Trap got some flack, even though that game is pretty PG-13 at best. Mortal Kombat, I think, was the big one that people were just like, oh, Blood shit. Blood in a video Blood game? Blood and dismemberment. Yes. But, like, my mom actually, spikes. my mom saw it, and she was like, this is hilarious. These people are, this is cartoony comic violence. Rob knows what's real. Yeah. And so she was okay with it. But GTA, I think my mom might have had problems with if I was a kid when that came out. Because it deals with issues that are like real drugs life issues. Drugs and sex. And you can go to a strip club and get a lap dance Yeah, which it. makes it perfectly believable that a bag of meth would be found in a right. GTA 5 title. And yeah, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a prude, but yeah, it's like, come on. Like, know your kids. Uh, or I guess if you know your kids and your kids can handle it, that's fine. You do you um yeah yeah <laughs> that's uh yeah that's a thing yeah there's this uh, um another article that i'm not going to go too much into but because it is mother's day today um the day we're filming this uh why is motherhood so poorly portrayed in video games and basically what it says is men are pretty much gods at this point because the father figure is kind of the hero in everything right now we got the last of us there's um countless games right now that i cannot think off the top of my head bioshock infinite the walking dead where you get this father-like figure who is the savior hell even in watchdogs one you're doing it for your nephew and your sister like he's even a father figure when he's not a father yeah exactly 
Yeah. So they're saying, well, and I'm going to read this off the Guardian. It says, you are less, um, when it comes to women, they're less nurturing and they have more of a, a plot or um, something they're trying to pull out of your character that's not wholesome, basically. Mm. So we have uh, Ellie's mother in The Last of Us, who I don't even remember who that was. I don't recall her mother. I don't either. Um, Evie and Jacob's mother in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I don't recall her either. The drowned mother in Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Oh, okay. That I do remember, I believe. The uh, protagonist's mother in Fallout 3. Okay. And of course, the one we've already talked about on another podcast is the saintly Lady Comstock in Bioshock Infinite. That terrifying woman. Who returns to life and becomes a nightmarish, deadly siren. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, it's weird. It's, I think, I think one of the better mother figures of a game is, um, oh, shit, now I can't even think of her name. That's how much of an impression she left, I guess. Uh, the doctor, the lady doctor from um, Bioshock 1, the mother of the little uh-huh. sisters, who um, is trying to save them. Yeah. She's one, and she, if anything, is pressuring you to do the same. So she's kind of a good mother figure. There are, I mean, I can think of a couple. Elena from Uncharted 4. She's not a mother officially, though, is she? But she's like a nurturing type. She's a mother figure. She's not a succubus of a woman. Right. Like, that is, I mean, unfortunately, I think this is beyond motherhood. It's more of just the fact that women are portrayed as, like, devious, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of sirens. <laughs> like, yeah, or like the, the woman in Dante's Inferno, the 40-foot, like, crazy-looking monster. Yeah, with babies coming out of their nipples. And the boobs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. And they say even Bloodborne has Ariana. The woman of pleasure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, women are just not portrayed very well in the motherly fashion. No. So. Well, and then also on the news, this is a sad one, and you reminded me of this one. Um, So, unfortunately for all of you listening, by the time you hear this, Mm. it will be too late. Too late. For Alan Wake will no longer be sold on the Xbox store or on steam uh so alan wake really great game i liked it a lot from remedy it's i thought it was like legitimately scary um cool game and uh what's the like just give it a synopsis um you play as a writer named alan wake who goes to uh, a vacation up in washington state with your wife and um she gets taken away and uh, at night, there are people who are tainted by the dark, and you have to use a flashlight to burn the dark off of them and shoot them. And, like, it's a really, like, legitimately scary game. It takes place at night all the time, pretty much. And it's one of the few games where, like, it builds this sort of sense of dread where, even though it's an action title, it actually has, like, dread built into it. And um, shadows would scare me. Because, uh-huh. like, your flashlight casts really good shadows. And yeah. And your eyes start to play tricks with you. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. And its story was was interesting. Um, you know, it gets, uh, it draws a lot of comparisons to Stephen King because um, it's pretty much trying to. It's writing about a troubled horror writer whose, you know, words are possibly coming to get him kind of thing. Kind of like Edgar Allan Poe. Right? Yeah. And um, and it was it was really cool. I liked it a lot. And um, it the game has an episodic structure to it where there's like five sort of episodes, even though it's just one game. And it came out all at once, but it has these sort of... So little, like chapters. Yeah, chapters, basically. Yeah. And at the end of each chapter, it gives you not like an end credits thing, but it literally pops up and says end of episode or end of chapter. And it plays a song that relates to 
the the cutscene you just saw that ended it mm -hmm. and like they used um the darkest star by depeche mode and um i think they used a song by nick cave they used a song by poe uh oh i love poe um and they um i think they used haunted by by poe nice. and they used a bunch of licensed songs and the licenses on all those are now expiring Oops. Which means they <laughs> cannot sell the game anymore. If you already have it digitally in your Xbox account, then you get to keep it. But uh, And you can always re-download it. But they literally cannot sell it until they find a way to extend and re-up those licenses or replace the music cues in it, um, which is a bummer. And unfortunately, the last day they can sell it was yesterday, May 15th, by the time this comes out. So, yeah. oopsie doops. <laughs> so, and if I'd known ahead of time, I would have told you last week, so you could have bought I'll it. I'll post it on our bit different Twitter. Yes. That way, so now you know we post important things, so follow it. Yeah, and I think right, <laughs> I want to say right now on Steam, or like right now as we're recording on Steam, not when you're listening, I believe it's 90% off. 90%? It's like three mean, bucks. It's three bucks. Yeah. So we will post it on the Twitters because it is important, and if you want to play it, you should. And at three bucks, even if you hate it, it's don't, three bucks. Don't come bitching to me. It's three dollars. It's less than a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um. So right. Yeah. Alan Wake. I liked it. Um. It came out the same day as Red Dead Redemption, and it did not get the attention it deserved. There was a game also in that same vein, which is also fucking scary as fuck. Was the one where you take the photos of like Fatal the Frame? Oh. Fuck that series. That that series is so scary. So scary. Like it. The, that game is so fucked up. And the ghosts are so creepy. Which one of those did you play? I think we played the first one. I was with Travis when we played Ugh. it. Because I got through night one. He had to pass over the controller because he couldn't do it anymore. It's, I got through night one of Fatal Frame 1, which is called The Strangling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I, I got that. to I got to night two, which I think is The Hanged Man or something like that. And then I couldn't do it anymore. And then I started playing Fatal Frame 2, Crimson Butterfly. Uh, there was, this is, I feel like such a loser. There was a cutscene in that that upset me so much I stopped playing. Oh and I was, I was, and it, just, it was, it was just jarring and it was scary. And I played it, uh, I want to say at like 3 p.m. Sunlight, sunlight flooding into my apartment. Oh, yeah. And it's still, I was like, you know what? Nope, we're done. We're done. I'm walking away. We're done. Yeah. That's how I felt about Prey. It gave me so many jumps in that first like two hours. It was like, <laughs> I'm done. I well, need to take a break. Well, and then I bought Fatal Frame 3, The Tormented, so I could. You're nuts. So I could play it. You didn't even get through the first one. Why yeah. would you get through the second or third? And I, I've never even put it in my PS2. I literally bought it and I was like, this will be great to have. No. no, it's not great to have. I'm afraid of it. Yes, it's in a deep, dark box somewhere. Well, and I downloaded the. Um... Let me guess. You have the soundtracks for it. No. Can you I... imagine? Well, it's all probably just chains rattling and moaning. Um, and then I, I downloaded the demo for the Wii U Fatal Frame called uh, what Made in a Black Water or something like that. Never even played the demo. I can't. I just can't. But you're a completionist, so you I, have to have all of I it. I am a collector. Yeah. And, uh, ugh, God, those games. Yeah. But on happier news, we have three new games in the Video Game Hall of Fame. Ooh, what are those? They're not new games. They're games that are well, new what, to the Hall of Fame. What are newly <laughs> Halo. Uh, inducted? Oh, the original. Like Combat Evolved. Yeah, Combat Evolved. All right. Takes me back to my college days. Okay. okay. Pokemon. Like the, the original uh, Pokemon? The red and green. Okay. And Street Fighter 2, as uh, it should have been yeah, from the very beginning. Street Fighter 2 should have been in there way before. Yeah. 
But do you know what other games are in? Do you know? I imagine Tetris. Yeah. Space Invaders. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Legend of Zelda. You're good. Um. Actually, I don't think Legend of Zelda is in it. Should be. Oh yeah, it is. You're right. Okay. Um. Those would be the ones off the top of my head. Keep keep going. You're doing um, well. Centipede. No. Asteroids. No. What? That would be a good one. Pac Man. Yes. Okay. There was a fucking hit single about Pac Man. Yes. Better, better be in there. Um, think way back to your early grade days. Oh, oh Pong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, let's see. You I, have dysenteria. Dysentery. Oh, oh, dysentery? Dysentery. <laughs> Sweet. So yeah, or- Oregon Trail has to oh be there. Oh my God. Yeah. So Oregon Trail. I'm so bad at things. Um, is, uh, I'm kind of curious actually, like if we go into like, is something like, um. There's a shooter. I was like, oh, Doom. Okay. You got it. Uh, and I imagine there has to be some sort of text adventure in there, like but, King's Quest. Or, no, but that'd um, be dope. Or like Loom or ZZT. No. Wow. None of those. Did you say Sonic? No, I didn't. Sonic's in it. Wow. The Sims. The Sims might be one of the newer ones to make it in there if it's like, it was already there. What else we got? What else? Is um, Grand Theft Auto Three. Wow, Grand Theft Auto be- Three before Street Fighter Two and World of Warcraft. Okay, that's a all lot of them. these are, are like the firsts of their type, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Like World of Warcraft was like the first really successful MMO. Like yeah. EverQuest did it, but World of Warcraft did it better. Yeah, I mean, I would totally put Metroid in there. Yeah, like Metroid. The problem is like it's weird. I think it's monumental, but it it I guess it didn't reinvent a genre like Mario did or um, hmm. Doom. Like Doom, like. Wolfenstein created the first person shooter, more or less. But Doom was like... Yeah, Wolfenstein beat Doom. Yeah, but Doom was... Doom made a bigger splash. Yeah. And so it makes sense that Doom would be there. And um, GTA 3 was a big deal. Yeah. I'm surprised Minecraft isn't in there. Oh, I think there's a rule. It has to be like 12 years old or something. Okay. So Minecraft probably will be in there real soon. Yeah. Because that game... That and like League of Legends probably will be in there soon. Because League of Legends made the MOBA into like a thing yeah league of legends is definitely going to be in there absolutely yeah so well that's nice news and then last little bit of news is there is a game that's like farmville where instead you grow pot that sounds fun yeah and it is called what is it called i forget it's called bud farm (laughs) and you get to grow different varieties breeds of plants create your own (laughs) strains but it's a community game you're not doing it for yourself you're doing it for the community well and you do it based off what they need so you you kind of sell them what they're what they need in their system i guess (laughs) crazy well i doubt that game is going to be on ios or consoles anytime soon i imagine that is pc only because i don't think you're allowed to have like a drug related kind of game on ios really or i could be wrong i mean you could be right i forget what they said uh it said app store what yeah Wow. Full five stars on the App Store. Shit. What's it called? Bud Farm? Bud Farm. Yeah. That's I'm I have to at least see the the screenshots of it. It looks pretty cute. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I would maybe play <laughs> Bud it. Farm colon grassroots. As it should. Yeah, and it's it's a free to play. Actually, there's a bunch of weed games. I'm surprised. So yeah, there's a Breaking Farm, the best grow marijuana sim. Yeah, it says um all those people have unique portraits and names, like the people you sell to. And after a bit, this is the person writing the article, I found myself being able to anticipate their needs on site. Cletus likes the cheapest weed, while Willie, a hiker, likes the more expensive northern lights. 
As you unlock more strains, repeat customers might um, change up their orders. Someone who was previously satisfied with just some Maui Waui may add a bit of OG Kush. Okay. Out of all the characters, I particularly like Dave the Handyman who lives out in the shed and... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dave the Handyman who lives in the shed. And... In the canon of the game, does all the upgrades. He just seems like a really nice guy. Well, it's, and I was reading the, uh, the the sort of copy on the thumbnails on the App Store, and uh, here's the features it says. Grow your weed empire. Customize your farm. Harvest juicy buds. Juicy buds. And then, I like that sound bit. Run your own dispensary <laughs> and bake dank weed edibles. Okay. That sounds hilarious. Hey, free to play within app purchases. So yeah, go get it. Uh, build that weed empire, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So who are you crushing on? What's your what's your crush situation this week? I went more old school as usual. I tend to do. I went relatively old school this week too. Did you? Yeah. Well, let's see how old school you went. Morgan from Darkstalkers. Is she the one with like the pink or the, the, the blonde pigtails and like barely covered boobs? She has green hair. Green hair. And she has like a blunt um, bangs with the wings coming out of her head. And she has, oh. she has like the pink um, stockings on with the little bats on them. She's a succubus. Oh. Yeah. Like and, all women in games. Yeah. yeah. And her breasts are barely covered. Her breasts are gorgeous. Well, yes, but they're. Yeah. They're they're out there for everybody. And if you are as excited about her as I am, there are some people out there who do some really fucking awesome cosplay. Um to look just like the character actually. Some Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. Did you ever play Darkstalkers? I I think I watched people play it. Like oh. fighting games in arcades, I felt had such a high sort of barrier of entry where like if I wasn't playing against the computer I would just get my ass handed to me by anybody yeah so it was a really short play experience at least if I lost the computer it was my fault yeah but like if I played against somebody who was wildly outclassing me I just felt like a dope like a loser so yeah didn't really play Darkstalkers I watched a lot though gorgeous animations really nice yeah it, it, was it all hand drawn I think it, it was pixelized but I think it was all based off hand drawn cell yeah. animation they have a really good um, anime series based off of it too. Really? Was that a Capcom title? Yeah, Capcom. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so I've always kind of had a little thing for Morgan. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. So mine is also from a, a fighting game, pretty Shut much from pretty much from the same uh, era, era, I believe. Oh. Uh, mine is Jago from Killer Instinct One. Jago. Yes, he's Orchid's brother. Brother, yes. And he, I thought was really cute in in the first game, in his sort of like blue martial arts outfit that's super torn up. And um, you can only see his eyes because he had the face mask. And um, and yeah, just like. Yeah, Jago's hot. Yeah, and like he was muscly, but not like too muscly. And like small little waist. He's got lean muscle. Yeah, he was like a lean muscly dude. And um. And then it really bummed me out a little bit with the new Killer Instinct. Jago is straight up kind of scary. He's super roided out, like ripping, like like what they muscles. did to Chris. Chris in um oh uh, yes, Chris yes, Redfield. Redfield. Yeah, he, but no, like, Jago's gone even beyond that. He's like he looks like his muscles are about to rip through his skin. He Ugh. has a, like giant tattoo that doesn't look very good on him. His eyes got like glowing in yellow or some shit. Like he looks weird now, but. His new hairstyle is fucking on point. 
Hmm. Like, I have to check that out. He has, uh, to use a, a phrase that Todd always uses, uh, he has a super cunty do, <laughs> and um, it is fierce. Like he has a super cool new haircut in the new Killer Instinct, but in that his body is out of control. It's all about Jago from Ki One, like Ki the First. Oh, he does have a super cunty do. The new one, mm-hmm. right? It's all sorts of like just like the wind is always blowing it directly sideways. Yep. It's pretty cool. He has a mask on. He still has the mask. Um, How do you know what he looks like? Because I I played the new Killer Instinct. But does, I mean, but does he have a face under that mask? Oh, no. I don't know what he actually looks like. But I just love his hair. What if it's like a clown nose Mm -hmm. and Stephen King's it? Like Jaws. Based on how scary his eyes are in the new Killer Instinct, I assume underneath that mask he it's looks like he looks like Melina at this point, where okay. it's like Lee press on nails for teeth, <laughs> kind of like just evil. Oh my god, you like a monster. Well, I like him with the face mask. Like, look at the original Jago, and you'll see who I was actually crushing on. I just like the new hairstyle. But it's all about the original Jago when it comes to like body and and face. Although his face was still covered. But I didn't get the idea that he might be a monster underneath the face mask at the time. Yeah, I think we have some, some, we have to check into that because he might be macking on something nasty. <laughs> Which, fun fact, <laughs> you do know that like Baraka from Mortal Kombat 2, his, like when they shot the actor wearing the mask that played him, his teeth were made of Lee Press on nails. Oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> that is a fun fact. Fun fact about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I just remember it in Killer Instinct. Jago. That narr- that's a VR guy. So good. So good. Yep. Well, that's the show, kids. If you want to follow us, which we highly recommend. Yeah, seriously. You can follow me at Satine the Dream on Instagram and Twitter and Satine on Twitch. And I am Fast Danger on Twitter and Mr. Gladstone, where Mr. is spelled out, on Instagram and Twitch. And you can follow our quaint little show on BitDiff Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can write us an email at bitdiffpodcast at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear from you on the Twitter because, you know, what's working for you? What do you want us to expand on? Come on. Seriously, like, uh, I feel we should assign a question of, like, something that people can react to. Yeah, like you—you you tried that before, it didn't work. I know, but we're gonna try it again. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Um, tell me, what were your thoughts on Alan Wake? Did you play it? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Did you buy did it you, for three bucks? Yeah, did you buy it because <laughs> it was crazy cheap and worth a shot? By the way, American Nightmare, the DLC standalone thing that they did, still available on the on the various stores, and it's also quite good. Much more actiony though, but um, huh. the original has all the atmosphere. Nice. So. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, like, uh, strike up a conversation. There's uh we have, we have a fan, um, who actually tends to send me messages via Instagram and I feel bad. I usually, oh, no, I love that. I usually take about like a full day to respond because I tend to miss them. Yeah. I don't know if, <laughs> I, don't know if I get the notifications. Also, the last uh. time I got a message from them was like way early in the morning. I don't know if they're not on the West coast oh, or, okay. or if they're an early bird. I don't know. What do they say? Um, He's always chatting with me about games, like just cool, like stuff, asking me my opinion on various titles. That's so dope. So yeah, uh, thank you, Runaway Jim, because I'm enjoying talking to you. Oh, I love that. And uh, and apologies if I ever take 
way too long to react. I think I just, now that I'm looking right now, uh, I'm pretty sure last time you wrote to me was four days ago and I haven't responded yet. Oh, shit. Sorry. You better get on that. I'm trying to be better. Mm. Um, but anyway, no yeah. wonder no one wants to talk to us. We don't respond. But I'm doing my best. <laughs> I, I just don't get all the notifications. So anyway, um, but yeah, like uh, strike up a conversation. We're real friendly. And on the Twitter's... Uh yeah, we'll do we'll do our best to to get back to you. Yeah, you can follow new episodes every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, they're coming for you. And uh, would you kindly follow, rate, and comment in iTunes and on Google Play? Thanks again for listening and ciao Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>